time to talk training, fitness, and health on the Weight Endurance Podcast. We're not doctors, dietitians, or physiologists. We're professional coaches, and your hosts, Cody and Kathy Waite. We've worked with hundreds of endurance athletes over the last 15 years through our training facility, plans, and programs. Within this podcast, we're sharing our own training and racing experiences, along with the knowledge gained from working with our athletes. We'll be shedding light on the training methodologies that we've found to be the most successful in making you a fitter and faster cyclist. Okay, welcome back to the show. I'm Cody. And I'm Kathy. You're listening to the Weight Endurance Podcast. We are into episode 50. Woo! Yeah, that's kind of a milestone yeah, of we, sorts. We, or a half milestone. We feel pretty cool about it. <laughs> 50 episodes <laughs> in. We're into the second episode of season two um, as we're getting close to approaching base builder time of the year. Yeah, uh, the, the air feels different to me. It, it definitely feels like we're transitioning into fall. Did you feel that this week? I did a little bit. And I've noticed here in Denver, like some trees are getting a little yellowish. And I think it's much more significant even in the high country. But Yeah, there's just something about the way the air feels to me and the way the smells are coming through the air. I noticed it on my rides this week and being at the pickleball courts on the evenings. Yeah. It felt daylight. really different. Oh, that's the sad part. Daylight is shrinking. The daylight is shrinking quickly, which really <laughs> interferes with pickleball. It does, it does. But it, it does. makes... I like this time of year because... Well, it's sad to see summer go, but I do like like this transitional phase of mm. like between seasons, like training seasons, but also like our calendar seasons. And I don't know, I, I like it. I, base training is kind of my... I really enjoy base training. It's, Were you going to say passion? I don't know if I was going to say passion. I was going to say one of my favorite, but then I was like, I really like race season too. So I, yeah, I think <laughs> here's what I love about you. Your favorite sort of wherever you are in the moment. Yeah. You're really good about that. You're someone who's happy most of the time anyway, and you don't like have like regrets where you hang out in the past and, and you love to dream. You're definitely like a dreamer and future stuff, but you definitely enjoy where you are. Yeah. In the moment. So, yeah, where yeah. I am, and always, I'm always looking towards the future. If it's yeah, training, it's a, it's a business. good blend. Yeah, definitely. Well, maybe you love the fall because that's when we celebrate your birth. Today is Cody's birthday. Oh, nice segue. Thank you. Happy birthday. <laughs> well, thank to you. To my very favorite much. person. 42 years old or young. No, don't say that. I hate people do that. I'm 42 years young. <laughs> so cheesy. Yeah, 42 years old, and I'm, I'm feeling great. And yeah, I'm looking in, great. Test result-wise, having some of the best fitness numbers, really, since I began recording these sorts of things probably mm-hmm. almost 20 years ago, so that's something. That is something. <laughs> we'll hang on to it. Hopefully, we can keep it going. Um, but yeah, so what else? What have you been up to recently? Oh, this week's just been a good week of getting tons of work done as I prepare for this new strength program. We won't belabor that, but we talked about it extensively in our previous episode, number 49. Yep. And I was getting the We Diva, or I guess I I should call them the We Race Riders, up and going in the strength workouts. So they were sort of my guinea pigs this week to make sure. Yeah, they're testing out the app for you and everything. Yeah, because they caught a couple little bugs where I had forgotten to include like a data field to input the the weight for Mm. the kettlebell lifts. Mm -hmm. Um, And minor, but it was great to have their feedback and... Actually, two of the boys came over to our garage and did the workouts with our daughter, Sophia, because their equipment hadn't yet arrived, and they were cracking me up, because I'd go and check on them. I'd, I'd hear, like, 
giggles and moans and groans and strains. And the boys are dramatic anyway. That's why Sophia loves to hang out with them. But they're like, oh, don't watch me do a push-up. I haven't done one in six months. I'm not sure I can do it. Um, And then Ethan loved the fact that the app had little like dots or buttons that you could press on your screen and say you completed that task. Mm -hmm. He just kept saying, oh, this is so satisfying. (laughs) He's very task-oriented. I guess it just made me happy. Like, oh, yay, I'm glad you love the the app and yeah the feedback's been great so yeah. far with our so I'm really athletes. yeah I'm really excited about it cool so you've and, been getting and, them set up yeah and I've just I've ridden a few times outside I've also been strength training but I never stopped because I have to keep up with all my core stuff yeah you practice what we preach which is year round strength training even mm-hmm. for endurance athletes yeah and I'll give you the kudos there because this year I did not I have in years past and. Just got kind of sidetracked, and when we were traveling, I you're very good about keeping up with it, even when we're like traveling and on the road, and that's where I sort of struggle. But um, it is what it is. But I've been getting back in to the gym with some light, super light sessions to minimize soreness, and already kind of feeling stronger. And you know, just like my muscles are like wake, waking, awakening isn't reawakening. I don't know. <laughs> and you know, feeling good to like move again. Well, Sophia said the same thing this morning. She said, I already feel stronger. Yeah, it's a good feeling. And, you know, I think that's one of the big benefits of strength training for an endurance athlete is that you just feel better. I mean, there's just no way around it. So anyway, we won't belabor that topic. If you want to hear more about the strength program, um, definitely listen to last week's episode, number 49. We went into a lot of detail with that. Um, What have you been up to? Uh... Well, I just kind of said what I've been up to. Um, just some easy bike rides? Yeah, some easy, I call coffee shop rides. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit of strength training. and Lots of computer work. Lots of yeah. computer work, getting all our new athletes set up, building their you know annual training plans out. And we'll be talking about that in upcoming podcasts of how you, the listener, can you know potentially dig into Training Peaks and do that for yourselves. But um, I enjoy this process um and it's fun to be creative i guess i'm not an artist per se but this is the way i can be creative and come up with you know the annual training plan progressions and builds um well speaking of artists we should give a shout out to our daughter noelle and she's yes. she is our, our our artist and she just spent a good amount of time this week recreating or creating a new podcast what would you call that like a a, cover like a cover yeah like a cover photo a cover i don't know ad Um, because we just have basically our logo previously and she took one of our favorite photos from our summer trip to the pacific northwest and she did all sorts of fancy stuff in photoshop or adobe illustrator whatever she's learning in her graphic design program yeah and i'm really proud of her and it's a cool fresh new look and it shows a little bit more of our personality and that we you know are fun people and yeah. enjoy each other well if you're listening to this episode you probably probably saw the the, oh, the new that's, graphic. that's a great point because <laughs> you would have to click yeah. on it to get get it started so but it was a family effort here to kind of make a fresh new thing for season two we have sophia who created the new intro and outro in whatever program that was and then her twin noel created the new photo cover yeah leveling up for year two um, what else? I'll touch real quickly on um, our fall fundraising for the Weed Development Program is still going on. Um, 
looking for donations, um, thinking these are larger donations, um, but if you donate to the nonprofit, 501c3 nonprofit redevelopment team, uh, we are bundling in or re what would you say, rewarding? Mm -hmm. I can never get the word out. Yeah, rewarding. Describe. Rewarding the donors with um, either our base builder program or a base builder training plan um, based on their donations amount. So um, $2,000 donation from you and or your company that you work for or own um, gets you the base builder program and a $1,000 donation of your own or, your, or from your company um, gets you a base builder plan. So we'll just incentivize you guys to consider donating, um, help support the youth, American youth uh, mountain bike racers of you know the future. Um, so hit us up uh, if you are interested in doing that and we can help you out because um, then you send them the tax refund receipt and all that. Yeah, kind of I have stuff. A, a form letter I can send out uh, as soon as we hear from them. Cool. Um, Wahoos. Oh, what yeah. just arrived and has filled our garage? Yeah, so the brand new Wahoo Kickers. We just got, I think we're the first in Colorado, if not maybe in the country, um, to get the new version 5 Wahoo Kicker. Um, Damn. Yeah, we've been a Wahoo dealer for a number of years now, and we, you know, gain these products to provide to our athletes that we coach and train and, you know, in the gym and setting up our studio and all that sorts of thing. And they just, Wahoo just um, announced the version five, like mm -hmm. the latest update. And it has some interesting little updates that come with the new trainer, but their inventory was like way behind. I mean, they sold out of all their version fours like way back in, in May, I think, when COVID kind of hit. Oh, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I, and then like they kind of maybe jumped the gun a tad, like announcing the new one because it was like over a month ago now, the version five before they even had it in stock. And you know, people have been oh, wanting wow. to buy this for a while and we finally got them and we're, most of our athletes have kind of already snatched these up already. Um, but if it, we do have a couple left and we will be getting more in the coming weeks as well. So, um, that new version five kicker, uh, we do offer a 20% discount to all of our weight endurance athletes, whether you're a training plan athlete, a base builder athlete, um, a coached athlete, whatever the case may be. So, um, and that includes any Wahoo product. So any of the element computers or the fans or the climb, mm -hmm. you know, for riding on Zwift, as well as all three of the different trainers. Um, and if you're interested in that, we can bundle together the base builder plan um, or program, I should say, or um, or just if you're already on a plan or a program, we can get you sorted that way. So I'll put a link in the, in the show notes to connect with us or just jump on our website, weightendurance.com, and send us a note and we can hook you up with some of the new yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're great products. And I love how they just synchronize and synergize with each other. Yeah. They make it so easy. It works great with training peaks. Um, when you're connected to Wi-Fi, the mm -hmm. workout and your your training plan that day, you turn your Wahoo on, it's like, do you want to you know, do this workout? Uh, it's like, no, but I'm going to. <laughs> it's already on your computer. And, and then the computer head unit, the element, will then talk to the kicker or whatever, or the core, whatever trainer you have of theirs. And run you through the whole program. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. It's very seamless, um, very easy once you've got it connected and mm -hmm. kind of do it once or twice. And um, really awesome. So I love their heart rate straps too. Yeah. There's the, it's the most comfortable strap I've ever used. Mm -hmm. I never really felt comfortable in like the old Garmin ones. And I'm sure they've updated their stuff too. But 
it, I just love them, and you can throw them in the wash when they need to be washed, which is probably more frequently than I than I am doing. But I don't know. It's yeah. like their cheapest product, probably, but I love it. Yeah, very affordable. It's like fifty bucks, I think, retail yeah. um, for the heart rate strap, and they have a new one of those which isn't quite available yet, or at least their inventory's okay. out. But we'll be getting some some of those too. Oh, awesome. They're a little slimmer still, so like oh. even like even better for perhaps, maybe females. Yeah, maybe females are just more comfortable in general. So, um, very cool. Yeah. So Anything hit, else? Yeah. Just let us know if you want a Wahoo before um, they're all gone. Yeah. Um, all right. So the meat of the show, we want to talk about our base builder cycling progressions. Um, we have talked about this in the past, starting up last year um, in season one. Each season, so this is going to be our 16th year of leading this base builder program. And there's been different variations over the years, of course. Um, but we've really like honed it and polished it over I would say the last like five-ish years mm-hmm. like with the strength training piece added and that continues to improve every year um, and then just the really the addition and kind of creation of these smart trainers like the Wahoo Kickers that now you can literally run you know structured workouts so easily from training peaks into the trainers and um, that's really kind of evolved and made the program even better as well. So what we want to talk about in this show is kind of the the progressions that we're going to be taking the base builder program athletes through. So if you were to join our program or you're considering joining our program, you'll get a really good taste of what that's going to look like. And then, but even if you're maybe not, or you already have kind of your base training, you know, plan in mind, some of the things we talk about here will maybe help add some additional things to whatever it is you're already doing. So yeah, for it's sure. worth a listen, I think. It's, I think so. I learn something new every year we go through this, like the whys and the importance and the value or um, just like almost like being able to look back to on on how I progress as a, as a cyclist in general because mm-hmm. I was a newbie when I was 35. I hadn't ridden a bike since I was 12. Right. So it's it's for me it's fun every year to – to see what we're going to do and then compare my progress and my growth as a, as a cyclist. Yeah. 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 The first year you did, you were 35. So is this your 10th year? Yeah. Yeah. 35. My 10th year. So this will be your 10th year of doing it. So yeah, that's a good benchmark. I mean, we've said in the past that, you know, it takes 10 years of consistent training to really start getting close to one's potential. Now I'm going to go to the Olympics. (laughs) You're almost there. I'm almost there. Um, but yeah, at any rate, let's let's dig into it. So I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I think it's worth a, a quick little discussion of like what exactly is a quote base, um, and why do we why do cyclists build bases? Why do we talk about it? Why is it this this thing? Um, I think it's a very important discussion. I've been thinking about it a lot as we've been doing Zoom calls with potential new young riders on our we race team mm-hmm. because you they'll ask questions well especially the ones who are older and have done this longer and they'll say well what's your coaching plan for us over the winter mm-hmm. and you'll say well we believe in building a base well you can't just say that because what is your definition cody weight of a base you uh, know what i mean yeah you know, and that's right. what you're gonna say because right, right. they hear that but you're like oh, i thought you put me on no, the spot no no like <laughs> they hear that and they could just go okay but maybe they had a coach that thought base was just, you know, X or just yeah, Y. Good point. But you and 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 over your course of gosh, how many years have you ridden since you're like fourteen? 
So, yeah. uh, you know, almost 30 years of, of writing. You were a professional for many years. You have been a coach for 20 years. Like, this is what you consider to be base. And I'm on board with it. I've seen it make me a great cyclist after 10 years. I've seen you turn Sophia into an amazing world, uh, national champion in two years of riding. So, yeah, I just think it's really good to define something. Because you could say base and someone's thinking you're, you mean one thing but here's what you actually mean yeah yeah there's definitely a few schools of thought in terms of base and we'll get into that in a second but really in a perhaps in one sentence or one simple way to 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 put it out there is you know your base is the foundation of fitness that you, you create that's going to better serve you for your event specific fitness if that I don't know if that really makes that. No, I like it. Say it one okay. more time. So it's the it's it's the foundation of fitness. It's going to better serve you for your specific event training mm-hmm. and and racing season. So really, base fitness is very general in nature. So a good way to put this out there is that you know whether you're a mountain biker, a road biker, a gravel racer, you do crits or you do you know hundred plus mile events, whatever event it is you're doing if you're a cyclist the base training is very very similar if not exactly the same because it's very general in nature right there's a in our opinion there needs to be a strength training component which we talked about in the last episode and then there needs to be this aerobic development Mm -hmm. component and then a little bit of more gradually like higher intensity component as the program goes on then when you're done with that and you've built this base of fitness, this very generalized base of fitness, then you're ready to build upon that the event-specific fitness. So that, that's the time of year come, in most scenarios, come spring after you've built your base fall and winter. If you're a crit racer versus a you know 100-plus mile gravel racer or a cross-country mountain bike racer, you're going to have different – there's different demands in those events. Yeah, for sure. And so the training becomes different. Well, the path starts diverging. Exactly. Right. Right. So we're all as cyclists on a very similar path. Mm -hmm. Right. I like that. And then through base training, and then it diverges into many different paths based on what your event demands are. Um, Well, so you just answered what um, I guess I was thinking. If I would have just heard you believe in base training, I might have thought that you just believed in like long, slow miles over the winter. Mm Mm-hmm. But your idea of base is actually a, a comprehensive spectrum of um, slow-paced miles, uh, aerobic strength intervals, and high-intensity work. Right. And that, yeah, so I just think of like a complete spectrum, like a whole color wheel instead of just one one type or one color. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And, and definitely in a progressive order mm-hmm. of building up that fitness. Um, and that brings it a great point out in that there there are there's two maybe three different kind of popular versions of building one's base and one is I guess we'll call it the traditional base which is that what you just mentioned kind of the the long duration slow base miles I mean that's the classic that's essentially what the pro riders do mm-hmm. um, for one one reason is that if you're a pro, this is your job, meaning you have no other <laughs> or few other commitments and you have lots of time to dedicate to your training. And there's without a doubt a question that it works. And mm-hmm. as riders become reach higher and higher levels of fitness 
and get closer to becoming kind of pro level, they need you need to do that. You need to put in lots of miles, lots of hours on the bike um, to build that that base fitness. Then there's like the rest of the world, which doesn't have all day every day to go ride their bikes and needs you know has you know x number of hours per week you know whether that's six hours a week or whether that's 12 hours a week you know that's that's kind of the most common range and you know you can only do so much long slow miles within that narrow of or small amount of volume that you have available till you'll sort of hit a plateau and then there's not enough stimulus because you can't keep adding more minutes and hours if you're if you know all you can do is 10 hours a week. Right. If you want to keep your job or your wife. Right. Or <laughs> exactly. Talk to your kids ever. So what do you have to do to create more stimulus? You have to kind of ramp up the intensity a little bit uh, and make that kind of a progressive in nature. So that that's where this like high intensity aspect, or at least like medium to high intensity, if not high intensity, um, is important. Um, and that has become very popular and very effective for kind of the average person or the Mm -hmm. typical endurance athlete. Um, And that's where things like sweet spot training, why that gains a lot of popularity because you're getting like a big bang for your buck or bang for your minute of training because you're training more intensely than long, slow base miles, but not so intense like doing VO2 max intervals that it's going to wear you out. So it's this middle ground. And for us, in our nomenclature and our training progressions, we refer to that as aerobic threshold training. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's a little slightly less demanding than sweet spot. To me, sweet spot is so close to like anaerobic threshold or lactate threshold training that it's still pretty demanding. Um, I prefer notching it down just even just like a half notch and keep it that much more aerobic. But we'll, we'll talk about that in, in a bit um, of doing that. So... It's really about base training, base building is about creating this foundation of fitness. And the classic analogy is, you know, you're building a house or a building, right? Like you got to pour, you got to level the ground, Mm -hmm. you got to pour the concrete, you know, the bigger that foundation or base of a house is, and maybe think of it as like the thicker that concrete can be, and maybe the broader that the the concrete platform can be the bigger the house you can build upon it. And not only that, but the more sturdy the house would be as well. Because that's the other big thing is that bigger base fitness creates greater durability within the athlete, meaning you can hold up to more race-specific training later on. Right. So, yeah, no. So that means if if you plan to have a serious race season... And you need to have a serious base season. Yeah, definitely. If you want to stay healthy and durable and injury-free throughout the entire exactly. long race season. And that leads into the second thing I was going to say, which is not only do you create greater durability in the athlete, but that you create longevity within the season, exactly what you said. So, you know, an example might be if someone has like one event in, let's say, May, and, you know, you could, in theory, do like a 12... A, fairly short 12 week base build Mm -hmm. and then follow that with you know eight weeks of race or event specific training and do your event and kind of be done but if you just did 12 weeks of base training and then you were going to try to compete for say a six month long kind of event season Mm -hmm. you're going to run out of that base fitness 
by the time you get a few months into that that event season. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. That, like we we usually have a full race schedule that starts in March and ends in September. It's not every weekend, but there's like busier times than others. Right. So we need to be very durable, especially me since I'm injury prone. I need to be very durable to make it through the entire race season. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of there's a lot of athletes out there, recreational and certainly at, you know the higher end and professional level and, and elite amateur level, where your event season does span five, six, even seven months. So it's really critical to have your base season Mm-hmm. be very similar to that if not possibly a tad longer so if you can do six months of base training and five or six months of an event season and that's not to say you can't do events within the base period as well especially like the second half of base building you can definitely start doing events you're going to be rel- you know pretty fit um, but your your the heart of your event season uh, might be five six months long so if you build that long steady base of fitness, then you have that durability and longevity to maintain some solid fitness and create bigger fitness um, within the event portion of your season. Preach. <laughs> um, so I won't go too big into like the details of it, but you know, a, a, one goal or a few goals of, of base training would be with the, the lower intensity aerobic training is all the um, cardiac infrastructure, I guess. So like creating more mitochondria, um, getting them to be more efficient, right? Those are the energy powerhouses of the cell, right? They create energy and allow us to live and move, essentially. The more aerobic training you do there, more base training you do there, the more mitochondria, they divide, and the more mitochondria you can can get, essentially, accumulate, and the more work you can essentially do. Um, likewise, things like capillary density. So all the little capillaries and small blood vessels that branch off our main blood vessels that go into our muscles. That's what delivers blood and oxygen to them. Um, just becomes more, um, they just go deeper and splinter off and more prolific, more prolific. You get more capillaries, you know, they go a little deeper into the muscles and so on. So better oxygen delivery. Um, that's key for all those new mitochondria to work. So, um, other things like, the actual size of your heart grows through aerobic training and, and the, the stroke volume, so how much blood you can move. So now you've got more blood vessels. you got a bigger heart, pumps more blood. you got more blood vessels to, to deliver to more mitochondria, and you can do more work, right? It's pretty cool. I mean, it it's really cool. It's all, like, biology, and I'm definitely, like, dumbing this down, mostly because That's all you it's know. the <laughs> level I'm at. <laughs> but um, That's all I know. But it is, it's the basics, and it's so amazing. Like, the human machine is, is so cool, um, and that you can manipulate this. And then there's also the whole side, the metabolic side of things, of fuel, right? So the aerobic training trains your body to use fat for fuel over the carbohydrates, um, and, you know, to prefer that. It'll improve your endurance. It'll spare glycogen. It also trains your body to store more glycogen, mm-hmm. you know, the muscles to store more. Um, again, pr- allowing for more energy, more work to be done. So it's all these like processes that happen to allow our body to do more work. So it's it's a pretty cool It is cool. cool thing. And, you know, you don't want to skip it. You don't. You don't want to shortcut it. And, you know, people that are time crunched or maybe late to the party and like, "Oh, I got an event that's, you know, 2 months from yeah. now and that you haven't done a whole lot." You can't just really 
jump right into race specific training without that base or you know you can for a few weeks yeah and then you're going to kind of crumble and at the very least you're just not going to get as much out of yourself as you could have otherwise um but more more than likely you're going to kind of crash and burn and not have a great experience well years ago when i worked a traditional job i was a teacher at a at a actually a, a facility for kids who were having some trouble and they lived there I was on a time crunch and I would try to squeeze a run in at a lunch break that my principal was generously allowing me to leave campus for. And I always felt so pressured that I had to run at a pace that was pretty aggressive. Mm -hmm. So I relate to that for people. I I didn't have any concept of base training back then. I just thought, oh my God, I have 45 minutes. I have 45 minutes. I'm going to like book it. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, so I really never developed any sort of base fitness where I was very efficient with my um, use of fat in my body or whatever. Like I, And I know that about myself. I still struggle to get my body to burn fat instead of carbs. Right. Like this week, I, I did a two and a half hour ride. I, I actually rode my bike over to one of the kids' houses to drop off some fun socks to her. And... By the time I got home, I was so starving. I was like limping home the last 20 minutes because I'm trying not to like just shove sugary bars and stuff in my mouth on these long, slow rides or mm-hmm. longer, slow rides. And I, I still have a lot of work to do myself there. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what our program... That's what it's all about. It's going to all be about. So yeah, let's let's use that as a segue to talk more specifically about um, kind of how we build our base. Mm-hmm. And this is something we mentioned at the beginning of the show We've done this for 15 years now. Um, I guess I have. I've coached the the trainer workouts for in person for 15 years. Um, sadly, not doing it this year, our 16th year in person, but excitedly doing it all virtual and remote and hoping many of you will join us. But um, over these years, you know, I've managed to figure out and, and you've managed with me to figure out in the more recent years of what seems to work really well for the athletes. Um, and everyone's going to be different, but, um, this is kind of what, what we figured out and kind of how we do it. Um, so let's dig into it. So we're looking at, again, going back to being a fan of the bigger, the base, the better it's 24 weeks or six months long. So it's a fairly lengthy period of time. We divide it into three, eight week blocks. And over the years, we've done this somewhat differently, but it, you know, sometimes we, in years past with our in-house, yeah. we did like, um, we've done like six and even eight week blocks. I think we um, did five week ones. We've done one, five weeks. Yeah. We've Every done three week blocks. Different. Yeah. Just to kind of figure out the scheduling. But I think that the, the, these three eight week blocks, um, of training with like a specific objective is, yeah. is, has works very effectively during this base period. And then we follow a very, the very common, popular um, kind of weekly progressions of three weeks of focus training and then one week of recovery where you get to kind of back off um, the volume, the intensity, and even some of the structure just to give yourself kind of a little break, refreshes you mentally and physically. Um, I mean, this is a very common, very proven you know, loading of, of that. Now, some people do prefer two weeks on one week off or some people can stretch four weeks on one week off. Um, but that's up to the individual, but with our program, um, I think the three weeks on one week off 
lines up really well. Um, so those, well, we're gonna, okay, so the, th the three eight-week blocks, the, the first block focuses on aerobic strength, mm -hmm. so a lot of aerobic training, um, and then these aerobic strength intervals, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. The second block focuses on aerobic threshold. Yeah, I love this. So more aerobic work, but now we're kind of pushing the up to the threshold of aerobic, meaning where you're on that metabolic tipping point between fat burning and carbohydrate burning. So put simply, it's you're roughly expending like 50-50 energy right. um, consumption there. And then the third block gets into more of the high intensity aspect, um, and we go above the aerobic threshold and it's still all aerobic training, but it's above the aerobic threshold. So we call it, um, it's the anaerobic threshold or lactate threshold um, intervals that are very popular, uh, VO2 max intervals, um, anaerobic power, and um, eventually peak power. So and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a, in a couple minutes here. But So those are the three blocks. So as you can see, the intensity starts out pretty low mm -hmm. and, manageable. and manageable and then goes into kind of a middle intensity with that aerobic threshold block and then finally finishes off with some high intensity. Um, so very progressive. I'm all about the nice steady progressions, building building the fitness over, over time. So within these macro cycles, these eight-week macro, macro cycles, uh, we have the weekly micro cycle and the way we structure the weeks within our base training program, the way we like to do it is um, in little three week mini micro or sorry, three day mini micro cycles. So the first day being your strength training day. So we talked about that in the last episode, but in my opinion, strength training, especially if you're following the, the classic barbell patterning or, um, programming that is lifting some heavy weights eventually, that's the like biggest demand of the whole week you know lifting heavy weights is very demanding it's it's purely anaerobic it's the most demanding uh, of the week so that's the first um exercise first training session first day then you follow that up with the structured interval day okay so going then slightly to less demanding but still relatively demanding and then the third day and the little mini microcycle is an aerobic endurance day. So you do your most intense, you know, heavy weightlifting day one. Day two is followed with the structured intervals. And in the beginning of the plan, these aren't necessarily high intensity intervals. Oh, no, they're not. Yeah, they're aerobic, they're strength focused, and then aerobic threshold. And then eventually they become high intensity. But it's a structured interval day. And then the third day is this low intensity mm -hmm. aerobic work. Okay, so it might be a long ride. If it's midweek, maybe it's just like a medium distance ride or whatever you can fit in on, you know, on Zwift or whatever. Um, and you get that low intensity aerobic work. So the idea is you're starting out doing your most challenging workout, heavy weightlifting while you're sort of the freshest, and then progressing to the next challenging workout, which is the structured intervals, and then to the least challenging workout, which is that aerobic workout. Um, and then, so that's three days. So then within a typical week and how we kind of pattern things out is you'd repeat that cycle again. Okay. So that was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, mm -hmm. the way we do it. Then Thursday you repeat. So you have strength training again, Friday's the structured interval day again, and then Saturday is your aerobic endurance day. And that lines up great. Cause then you can do your long ride on Saturday. So maybe midweek that aerobic day is a little shorter, maybe on Zwift cause you're short on daylight or whatever. But then on Saturday, you can get that 
nice, you know, whatever, you know, three, four, five hour ride, whatever um, fits into the volume that each individual is looking for. And would you say this type of three-day mini cycle or mini progression is a little different than what we've done in the past? Yeah, that's a great question. So in years past with our um, program, because we were doing a large bulk of this in-house at our at the gym, and we assumed no, few, if anyone, would want to come do a workout Friday after work, we used Friday actually as more of a recovery day. And so what we did patterning-wise is we did strength on Monday, structured intervals on Tuesday, and then we went back to strength on Wednesday, structured intervals again on Thursday. And then we were very tired on Friday. You were very tired on Friday, so that was a recovery day, a rest day. Mm -hmm. And then you got your Saturday endurance and and or Sunday endurance. Um, Or Saturday race if you were doing a cross or like a – Kind of like a fast-paced group ride and then a, a longer, slower ride on Sunday. Right. It's right. sort of dependent on people. Right. So if any of our past athletes are listening to this, if you'd prefer to do it that way, you can certainly move things around. Okay, yeah. Darren, you, you can do it in that order. It's okay. Yeah, but what's really cool about now taking this program online and remote, virtual, whatever you want to call it, is that now we really can adhere to the ideal Right. Um, structure, or at least in my mind, the ideal kind of weekly microcycle. Yeah, I'm game to try it for sure. We just were following what we were doing in house. I I was at the gym on at noon Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, doing the workouts with the group. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then that leaves a seventh day each week. Um, in this case, if you follow what we've just laid out, that that would be Sunday, and mm-hmm. that could either be a day off, a recovery day, family day, a family day. If you're a higher volume athlete. Maybe it's an additional aerobic endurance day, um, you know, anything of that nature. And then to what you were just saying of how people can adjust this plan if they're following our program. And we'll talk a lot about this as we get going into the program. But you can take that seven-day microcycle and shift it left or right on the calendar. So maybe the the weekend lines up with the second um, structured interval day and aerobic endurance day, you know, as a Saturday-Sunday that would mean Monday could be your off day, and then you'd do your strength training on Tuesday to start that mini cycle again. Um, so there's a lot of flexibility built into the program. But the underlying gist is that within these the seven-day week that people are – that's how we work. That's how the world spins, seven-day cycles. We're Thank going, you for that insight. <laughs> we're going – well, because a lot of people talk about like, well, maybe it's better to have a 10-day um, micro cycle of training, but our brains don't work in 10 days. Well, yeah, that is true. And who else can do that? Professionals can do that. And that may be better, but most people have jobs and families they're working around. So they're constricted to the seven day cycle, right? We have the weekends to get out and do the longer stuff. And we're a little more time crunched during the week. So that's why we set it up this way. Um, as do most many training programs. Um, Okay, so that kind of covers the weekly microcycle. Gotcha. So let's dive into the more of like the macro cycles that we mentioned earlier. So the first one is aerobic strength. So what this incorporates or involves is twice weekly structured rides. Okay. okay? So that back to what we were saying in that weekly microcycle. Um, so if you follow our suggestion, that would be the Tuesday and Fridays are these structured aerobic strength rides. Um, so for the first eight weeks, or really seven seven weeks because the eighth week is a recovery week um 
is this aerobic strength. So aerobic strength, the way I look at it is we're training kind of two components, two elements of fitness at once. We're training the aerobic energy system because our heart rate is low to moderate, okay, up to maybe 80% of max heart rate. Uh, but really it should be more in, like in the 70s percent of max heart rate range. Um, so we're, we're using fat for fuel, minimizing uh, carbohydrate usage. But we're doing this, the strength component comes in the – um, in the form of bigger gear, lower cadence, um, muscle tension intervals. Some coaches will refer to these as, um, where you're really pedaling slowly in a bigger gear uphill if it's available to you, um, and, and focusing on that pedal stroke, um, and specifically engaging, you know, the posterior chain, like your low back, your glutes, your hamstrings, um, at this low cadence. So it's, it's even got a bit of technique work absolutely incorporated into that too yeah because you don't want to be clunk 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 at 60 rpms you want to have a really smooth pedal stroke and be using all parts of your your leg muscles to get around the stroke right not relying purely on your quads to Mm -hmm. mash the pedal down you want to think about yeah the you know incorporating even chain tension throughout the pedal so we've done this in years past with single leg pedaling um and ILT training and whatnot, but um, this is a, a another way to do that. So and it adds a variety to the workouts too, which I personally love. Yeah, exactly. So these are very much heart rate based because we're focusing on aerobic, the aerobic component here. Okay. But we use power um, as a reference point. So we we want to train by heart rate um, with the proper gearing and resistance that we're looking for, and then referencing the power that's being achieved while we're doing this and we're just looking for an improvement in that power production over time um in that sense so again it's lower cadence so we're talking like um 50 to 70 rpms depending on the rider and the terrain you're on um and really just getting those big muscles engaged in the pedal stroke your glutes your backs your, your hamstrings um Heart rate, <clears throat> pardon me. Heart rate remains aerobic, and you know your your leg muscles get a a really quality workout. So yeah, they absolutely do. Yeah, and this is best done um, outside, if possible, depending on where you live, on a low grade hill. So kind of like a three, four, five percent grade hill. You know, if you don't have a big hill in your where you live, um, you can do it in a on flat ground, and you just get into the big chain ring and one of your smaller cogs, as if you're that'll create that lower cadence, higher muscle tension. And then it also works really great on indoors on the trainer. So, um, a great use of the trainer for that, you know, you can use it in slope mode, um, that where you can adjust like the percent grade of the slope, um, you know, get it around there like three, four, five percent and, um, pedal away in that low cadence. And yeah. And doesn't Wahoo have that new climber, um, piece of equipment where you can actually, Increase yeah, the increase the elevation of your front. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can definitely. So that's that. kind of fun. That's you, a fun little. If you're a gearhead and want all the gadgets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by no means do you need that, but sure. Yeah, that'll people elevate the front wheel. I mean, I do. This is, you know, there's no scientific proof behind this, but I've always preferred to elevate the front wheel with like books or a little block or whatever um, to angle up the front of the bike as if you're sort of going uphill. I mean, there's no scientific you know proof that this does anything but oh i just I mean, do that because it's more comfortable on my well, and back. it's more comfortable yeah, yeah i don't like the way it feels otherwise 
yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, cadence 50 to 70 RPM. Um, and you want to do these, most of these at least done seated, um, cause that helps you engage the posterior chain that we talked about, um, previously getting the glutes, hamstrings, low back, um, engaged in the pedal stroke. And what's really great is you're pedaling at these lower RPMs and lower heart rates that you can really concentrate on the pedal stroke as you're pedaling. So we've done this before with single leg and it's very obvious, but when you're doing with these with two legs, you know, you can, the slow cadence allows you to really hone in and think about your pedaling stroke. So this is a case where like, I would recommend turn the music down or just have it in the background as opposed to like headphones. Don't have like the TV going or anything and really just concentrate on, on pedaling. And, you know, yeah, be in tune with your body and what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the way we prescribe these intervals and build the progression in is we'll start with, um, you know, for example, maybe 10 times two minutes of these intervals, mm-hmm. right? So 20 minutes total, you can do them as a hill repeat or you can do, a, do the two minute interval. And then if you're on a nice, long, steady grade, um, maybe shift to your easiest gear and kind of spin for a minute and then go back for the next two minute interval, you know, shift back down to a little bit bigger gear. Um, <clears throat> and then we'll gradually build these up over the course of the seven weeks to, um, you know, maybe 40 to 60 minutes total accumulated minutes of this. With longer intervals. With longer times. intervals of say 10 to 15 minutes. Oh, nice. Yeah. Will we ever stand like we used to do, or is it going to be mostly seated? It'll be mostly seated. Yeah. Okay. There can be some standing in there as well, but it'll mostly be seated. Yeah, I have memories of a few winters ago, we'd go over to Lookout Mountain in Golden mm-hmm. and do some standing climbs, and I think we would do like five minutes seated, two minutes easy spin, five minutes standing, two minute easy spin, and then just repeat it. Mm-hmm. That was a cool workout. Yeah, yeah. You get up to the top of lookout, and we'd actually come back down and do it a couple more times. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's kind of a variation of for what sure. we're talking about here, for sure. Um, yeah, so over the course of those eight weeks, with the take the two recovery weeks mm-hmm. out at week four and week eight. That's six weeks of training. That's twelve training sessions of focusing in on this aerobic strength yeah, that's development. Awesome. Um, all right, so moving on to the second macro cycle. All right, aerobic threshold. Aerobic threshold. So again, twice weekly structured rides. So this is the um, Tuesday and Friday, if you're following how we do our weekly microcycle. Um, And this one, again, remains aerobic. So this one's a little more like that upper end aerobic. It's a little closer to like sweet spot training, which I mentioned earlier. Um, And parameters, to give you an idea of where we're at, we're talking of this time keeping your heart rate as close to 80% of max heart rate as possible. That's kind of that for most people that gets us right around that metabolic efficiency, like metabolic balance point of that fuel being delivered via fat and carbohydrates pretty evenly. Like think of it 50, 50, right? You go much more than 80% of max heart rate and you're just going to start utilizing carbohydrates a lot more for fuel. So what we're wanting to train here is our, the maximum power we can produce while still relying heavily 50% on fat usage um, for the fueling. Now that'll relate to somewhere around 85 to 95% of somebody's FTP. And why is there that range? So there's a range based on the fitness of the rider. So someone who's extremely aerobically fit, 
will be able to do more power at 80% of their max heart rate and be much closer, you know, maybe in the 90 plus percent range of their FTP. Where someone who's newer to this, not quite as aerobically fit and or just a little heavier, like carrying some extra body mass, um, will be more in the mid to low 80% range. So there's a bit of a range there. Depends how fit you are. Um, you know, I think sweet spot, depends who you ask, but it's something like, uh, what is it, like 88 to 94 or 97%. Mm, so it's, it it's, a it's a little higher, yeah. And the difference is like sweet spot training will usually focus on the power production and heart rate's either irrelevant or just you kind of whatever with it. But what I find is like, depending on where you are in your training cycle and how hard that power output is for you, you're going to have fluctuations yeah, in definitely. heart rate. And that does relate or correlate at least with where that fuel source is coming from. And we're trying to stay as close to 50% of that coming from fat as possible. So that's why I like to focus in more on heart rate, let power be what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Days you're feeling great, you might put out a few more watts, you know, and days you're not feeling so great or, you know, maybe you're a little dehydrated or whatever many factors affect heart rate um, might affect the, you know, you might have to do a little less power, um, which is okay. Cause it is okay, and it keeps you from overtraining. Yes, I because agree. Because if you're following heart rate rules... You're not gonna over. You're not gonna overly tax your body when your body's telling you something. Your body's saying like, "This is all I can do today," right? And be at an aerobic threshold. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're a little underfueled or under, you know, you're dehydrated or didn't sleep great, you know, and your heart rate's gonna be a little elevate, you know, a little yeah. higher. You still keep it at that same eighty yeah, percent. You respect that. Yeah, you respect that, and maybe you're doing a little less power, but you're still getting that aerobic mm-hmm. training benefit that you're after. Um, the other thing that's really cool and motivating, in my opinion, is if you're always training at that same 80% of max mm-hmm. heart rate for these and you start to see that power go up, yeah, that's really motivating. It's very motivating. Yeah. And it's definitely another reason to track your data over the years because you can go back and say, what did I do last December when I did – or what, would that be December we're doing this? Anyway, it doesn't matter. And you go, oh, I was doing like 100 and – 89 watts at my 80% and now I'm doing 205. Holy crap, I'm getting fit. Yeah, yeah. It's really fun to see. Yeah, I mean, we've done, to answer your question, we've done a lot of aerobic threshold training. All We did yeah. a big block in April when COVID hit and then we did another big block in the summer. So we talked about that in a previous show where we kind of like did base training cycles over and over all year. Well, it made a difference for me. It was oh, the first time absolutely. I've, I've gotten my 20-minute aerobic threshold power test up in the 180s ever 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 right. so that was it was proof proof of the formula working oh absolutely i mean we're massive fans of the aerobic threshold training um it's a big thing and to toot my own horn like i had my best power numbers pretty much ever over the summer because of what we just said like yeah. we repeated this stuff over and over through this year because there was no racing and got super fit so it'll be interesting to see you know can i get it up around that range you know, during the winter months here. So, um, good. So we mentioned it's heart rate based. We'd still look at power though, as we mentioned, that's our reference. Um, uh, yeah, we talked about similarities to sweet spot. It's very similar, just slightly less intense and it's just governed by the heart rate. Um, it's best done on similar terrain, like the, the 
good uh, like what is it like I mean like a five percent grade hill would be like ideal yeah well similar terrain to the events you're training for oh, yeah right. so for us you yeah. and I we're mountain bikers primarily yeah and we live in a hilly environment so we like to do these on hills if someone lives in a flatter environment or you're a time trialist or a crit racer and there's usually not hills involved or um, whatever the case may be you can do these on a flatter rolling environment as well because um, the, the goal is to keep that's the other nice benefit of the heart rate regulation is you want to keep your heart rate around 80 percent of max so that just means if you're on flatter ground you're you you just keep your heart rate um at 80 yeah, percent max you don't right. and if you're on rolling terrain you know you just have to work a little bit harder on the downhills to stay in that 80 percent um aerobic threshold range that you're looking for or you're on your trainer and you put it in slope mode oh it works great on the yeah. trainer yeah it's so time efficient. I just think like we're lucky where we live because we're right in the foothills and we can just escape from city roads. But most people like live where they'd have to like fight traffic for thirty minutes to get somewhere. So yeah, exactly. so time efficient just to jump on your trainer. And yeah, do it. and these workouts just very similarly to the aerobic strength workouts are just great on the trainer. It gives you something to focus in on, keeps you like engaged in the workout. It's not just like mindless pedaling. Um, and yeah, it works extremely well. And Cody, what's the preferred cadence or body position on your bike? Um, so for these, the preferred cadence and position gets, uh, well, it's it's your preferred cadence okay. and position. Sorry, I wrote that in kind of funny. So it's like, again, if you're a mountain biker, yep. in general, we pedal a little lower cadences. Um, and so you can do these intervals in those lower cadences. Not Kathy. If you're a road racer or crit racer, you know they generally pedal a little higher cadence. So the cadence is kind of your the prefer the rider's preferred cadence um, in positioning, whether it's tops or drops or whatever. Okay. Um, in that regards, and then our our interval progressions. Um, I think we start out at six times five minutes, so that's thirty minutes total worth of this aerobic threshold. Work and then we gradually build up over that eight week block um, to you know one to even two hours worth for the higher level, higher volume athletes. So, um, and those might be twenty minute long to as long as maybe forty minute long intervals at this. So, um, and I don't want to scare you. The the hundred twenty minutes total with forty minute intervals is like not that many people will do that. That's definitely like the elite range um, to target. But everyone will build up somewhere between. 61 and two hours worth of this work within a training session. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so that's this, the middle eight-week macro cycle. And then the third um, one, eight weeks again, twice-weekly structured rides again, that Tuesday and Friday. Um, <clears throat> we get in above our aerobic threshold, so we'll call it high intensity. It is still very much aerobic work, but we're targeting um, you know, anaerobic threshold or lactate threshold targeting VO2 max, anaerobic power, and eventually peak power. So because we're still in base training, and this is still a base training development, we're just touching on these energy systems ever so slightly, okay. um, as opposed to what you might do if you were in your race prep or event-specific training program. So we're just touching on these. So it's two weeks per um, kind of sub energy systems, all these, you know, anaerobic threshold, VO2 max, anaerobic power, peak power, all fall into what's called the glycolytic energy system. And then each one of those names 
are sort of little sub zones or subsystems within the glycolytic energy system, if that makes sense. But basically, glycolytic means you're you're burning sugar to to hit these kind of power outputs. Um, so, but we're just going to touch on each one. So two weeks per little subsystem. Okay. So where would the rest weeks be in this last eight week block? Well, the rest weeks, um, there is no rest week essentially. What the? <laughs> but the volume within the weeks does fluctuate. It ebbs and flows. So some are a little higher than others, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, I know. I was just messing with okay. you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like we're, when I say there's no rest weeks, like each week will still target these specific systems, but okay. the length of your long rides, usually your volume as in intensity goes up, volume comes down, and that allows for enough recovery within the weeks. So you're able to kind of continue this without a quote unquote recovery or rest week. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so we're just spending two weeks. So that's four sessions per little sub system, right? So Four sessions of anaerobic threshold intervals, four sessions of VO2s, four sessions of anaerobic power, and then four peak power sessions at the end. So these two-week, we'll call mini blocks, or, you know, it's just enough to kind of rev the engine, get the heart rate up, because at this point, you know, you've done two months of, you know, low to moderate heart rate training, aerobic base training, mm -hmm. and now we're just going to start revving that engine a little bit with some specific structure towards the end of that base period. So then you're more ready, more capable when you jump into your event-specific, race-specific um, training program come spring. Um, <clears throat> so to give you some interval ideas, um, oh, and one last thing too, this is the part of the program where the training becomes power-based and we use heart rate for reference. Whereas the first two macro cycles I said were heart rate-based with power as reference. Now we're going to be training specifically by power mm -hmm. and um, referencing how our heart rate responds. Yeah, flipping to that the power. coin over Flipping there. the coin, yeah. And anyone who doesn't have power available, you can still, you know, do this type of training with some, a little bit of heart rate reference, especially for like the lactate yeah. threshold, anaerobic threshold stuff that's long enough. When you get into the shorter intervals, VO2s and, and shorter, heart rate will definitely lag. So it's not really ideal, but you can use RPE. And yeah, I think that's how you feelings. mostly have to do it. Yeah, you like, kind of go by feel. Heart is hard as heck and then hard as hell and then I'm going <laughs> right. to die. Right. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> so to give you some interval idea, you know, structured ideas, the anaerobic threshold interval. So for us, that's in our nomenclature, that's our 32 to 64 minute power range. Um, so very, it lines up very much with like FTP kind mm -hmm. of training basically. Um, so we're talking about eight to 16 minute long intervals that you do multiples of. And power outputs might line up somewhere around like 95 to 105% of your FTP if you're following that. Or following our prescription, you'd follow, you know, your 32-minute power or your 62 or 64-minute power for those intervals. And we'll get into that later on. Um, for VO2 max intervals, we're talking about 8 to 16-minute power zone. You know, if you were to go as hard as you could in that that those durations... And intervals will be between two and four minutes in duration. And FTP-based riders, um, to put it in perspective, you're looking at like 110 to 120% um, of FTP, the very classic VO2 max range. Um, and then the anaerobic power, things get shorter and more intense again. You should be noticing a pattern here. So now we're talking about <laughs> anaerobic, anaerobic power 
is like our one to four minute max power. Um, and intervals then are very short, 15 to 60 seconds is all they are. And you do several of them with large amounts of rest in between. And FTP percentage is 130 to as much as 190%, um, which is a lot, but that's like the 15 seconds. Not quite like a sprint, but it's pretty close. close. Yeah. Um, that's my favorite workout. Very hard. Yeah, those are really fun. And we have a really cool way of doing how we structure the recovery intervals and the sets and everything for all of these kind of uh, workouts that we'll get into down the road. And then the last one, we cap things off with peak power, which is basically like your sprint power. So it's mm-hmm. sprint workouts. Um, so, we're, you know, it's just a series of sprints with a lot of rest in there um, right at the end. And then the idea is that you're, you've completed your base fitness now. You know, this is six months have gone by at this point, And you're aerobically fit. You've touched you know, a small amount on these higher end glycolytic energy systems and you're ready to then jump into your race specific training. Yeah. And and this is where you can start throwing in a few early season races if that's on your calendar. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. So yeah. So just because we're in base training doesn't mean like you can't race till you're done with your base. Um, you can definitely, you will be very fit at the end of the second macro cycle, the end of the aerobic threshold, you'll be extremely fit. The high intensity phase of it, where you get the, the the touching on those higher intensity systems, just starts to kind of like bring that fitness up to a little bit higher level. And so racing in that third macro cycle is very, very doable. Now I wouldn't do it every week, but no, you know, no. once every other or every third week or I mean, just most people sporadic. might not be, but like our we race team will start traveling if races are for happening. Sure. It like depends we'll, where you live for yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll go to Puerto Rico maybe and the California races right yeah the warmer climates will start racing in February yeah you know definitely by March um you know the more snowed in climates you know racing doesn't usually start until April um or later so um but you'll be more than ready to do some racing towards that that in that final third of the base builder and what did you want to say about testing how are we going to intersperse our testing yeah so testing is a part of it yeah and um i'm always a fan of well getting some initial testing in probably going in in between the first eight week macro cycle and the second okay so after that first block i think getting just a baseline test is a good place to be and then my i'm a big fan of like testing when you think you've made some progress is, is sort of it, you know? So if you've been consistent with your training, I have a strong feeling you will have made some progress over the, the those middle eight weeks, that second eight-week macro cycle. So you'd probably want to test again at the end of that. If you made really rapid progress, maybe four weeks, you know, that fourth week, um, you'd want to do that. So okay. um, within our program, we do provide our testing protocol, and we'll talk a lot more detail about that coming up in future episodes. But... Um, it's a very easy to do testing protocol and we'll identify the changes in fitness and you can adjust things accordingly. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, what equipment do our people need? Oh, good question. Yeah. So I think to follow our program, um, it depends where you live. If, I mean, I think the trainer is a very effective tool regardless of where you live. Um, because it's so time efficient. I think you mentioned that earlier. So having a smart trainer is like invaluable in my opinion. Um, so looking to invest in something like that would be 
um, worthwhile or a power meter on your bike and then you use you know rollers or a non-smart trainer is it certainly an option. Have you stopped calling it a dumb trainer because you were hurting their feelings? <laughs> Feels a little offensive. It does yeah. feel a little bit aggressive. Yeah. Um, so. But that first block, the first eight weeks, you can most often do those outside if you're in a, a climate like ours yeah. in, in Colorado. Yeah. I mean, here in Denver, we'll probably do all our strength, hopefully, all our strength intervals outside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as the weeks go by, we'll have to bundle up a bit more, I'm sure. But um, I'm going to hold out and do them outside for as long as I can. And then on a snowy day or, or, or when the days get just too short, um, we'll, uh, do them inside. Um, but yeah, having that smart trainer, um, and or power meter, I think is, is definitely useful. Um, and the other thing that is fairly critical is a heart rate monitor. Yeah. And it's nice that that the least expensive piece of equipment is the most crucial. Right. I mean, like, like you said, it's like 50 bucks for, I think for the Wahoo version. Yeah. Um, well, for the strap, for and the that'll strap. pair with your Garmin or a Wahoo head unit. Right, um, right. But yeah, so we'll train those first two macro cycles very much focused on heart rate. Okay. Just keeping it in that low to moderate range with specific guidelines to train that aerobic system. And then in that third block, we'll start training a little bit more by power. And then usually with our race prep event specific training programs, we'll also focus a bit more in on power too. So um, even if it's something you have to pace your budget out, you know, get that heart rate monitor first. And then as you get deeper into mm, the, good point. as your race season maybe starts coming up, think about maybe then investing in the power yeah. meter if you have to kind of spread your budget out. So, well, one thing I want to make really clear to our listeners is that this is not just a training plan. Like you can buy our training plans. You sell them on our website through a downloadable version through training peaks, but this is not just a training plan. This is a program, and we will be coaching our participants through the six-month process. Exactly. And that's, that's what we point. love about it. Like, yes, we're very sad we can't see some of our favorite people in person mm-hmm. multiple times a week, but um, you will see our faces on our weekly Zoom calls. You can hear our voices on our weekly podcast. Um, you can just call me and talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and also before each bike session, I'm going to have a, 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 a short video of, of my acute face explaining mm-hmm. what it is the objective of that workout is. So right. th- what we came up with is thinking like w- when we coach these workouts in the, in the studio over the last many years, the first few minutes, once we kind of hit the start button and yeah. everyone was going, as we were warming up, the first few minutes I would stand there and, and explain wh- what are we doing today? Here's the workout. Yeah. So we we're going to replicate that with these short, you know, one to three minute long videos that hopefully if, you know, while you, once you're on your own trainer in your garage or your basement and you're spinning along, warming up, you can pull that video up, watch it, um, and it's going to have me kind of walk you through the whole workout um, so you have a better understanding of what, what the objectives are. So, yeah, it's definitely a way of having some connection and also incorporating some coaching into this because, like you said, these aren't just training plans that you download and follow. We do offer that. Um, our base builder training plans, we do have – 12, 18, and 24-week versions, high and low volumes that are downloadable. And, you know, more or less you're on your own to kind of follow those plans. Um, but this is more of a actual program with the coaching, like you mentioned. And one that we are doing ourselves. So every yes. week we, we record our, our podcast down in our laundry room. We're going to be talking about, like, what we are going to do, too, and, and, like, what we've learned about doing these workouts and how we're going to execute them and 
what we feel good about or what we didn't feel good about, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah. Anything we kind of gleaned from the previous week's workout or any tips we can share as we go, much like we would do in our in-house program over the years. So, uh, yeah. So if any of this sounds interesting to you, um, you can definitely check out our downloadable, it's kind of stock base builder plans. Um, which is not exactly like what we just talked about. So our stock plans we've had for a few years, they're modeled very similarly to this, but not exact. Each year our our in-house and remote base builder program kind of evolves and we try to improve it. Um, so, th- uh, that, sorry, I got off track. The downloadable ones um, are very similar. Yeah, they're just not quite what we're going to be talking about each week in our podcast or what would be in their training peaks schedule, in their calendar, if they purchase the base builder plan. Right. So think of our base builder program is kind of the latest and greatest version. And like you said, it's exactly yeah. what we're going to be doing. It's very similar to what we'll take our redevelopment team through. Um, and um, it's just highly effective and builds a bit of community along the way too. Yeah. And people can be emailing you with, with questions about the bike program. They can email you or me about the strength program. What we can read the questions on our podcast episodes, answer questions. Those questions can also be asked in our weekly Zoom calls. We'll see how brave people get and whether or not they interact or not. But that's what my hope is. Mm-hmm. Build a little community, see their faces, meet new people, see our old friends. Yeah, exactly. So we're all kind of in this, in this together, virtually. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Uh, literally and, and virtually. virtually. Cool. Um, All right. What other announcements did you want to end on? I think that's the bulk of it. Um, we have some notes here about the base builder. Well, we just sort of... Okay. The custom kinda, plans. Do you want to touch about on that at all? Um, well, yeah. I mean, we have our downloadable base builder plans that I just mentioned. Um, there is a 25% discount that's always available for our podcast listeners. Um, there's That's for the plan, not the, the program. Notes. Correct. Okay. That's for the plans downloadable off of Training Peaks. Um, there's links in the show notes, but base builder 25, all caps gets you 25% off of those. Um, or yeah, I guess if, so our base builder program that we're talking about starts live, I suppose, mm-hmm. October 5th. So if you right want to be following along with us week to week where the podcast lines up perfectly and everything we're talking about, you want to start then or soon after and just kind of jump in. Um, that's I, the ideal way to do it. If you're not ready to start your base training for whatever reason. Um, we do have custom plan options um, and what we call custom plus plan options where you get a bit more communication um, individually. And those are, we have links on our website for that as well. Okay. So there's just different options. But, um, you know, what we're most excited about here is kind of creating this virtual online group of athletes getting through the fall and winter, building our, our base and um, coming out by spring, hopefully in a year that resembles more normalcy and yeah, I hope so. events start, you know, getting added to the calendars and, and we're all ready to, to hit it. Well, let's end with this. What's Happy that? birthday. Thank you. To my favorite person. <laughs> I'm glad you are my partner in, in life and raising our kids and in, in our business. You're, you're the best. Yeah. I love you. I love you too. Appreciate it. I think maybe brought some tears to people's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Let's sure. definitely leave it at that. Okay. And, and also, get on iTunes and leave us a rating and review. That's great, too. All right. That, that's your birthday present to Cody. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care.
Everything we discuss on the Weight Endurance Podcast, we integrate into our annual Base Builder training program and downloadable training plans. Our Base Builder program is an annual online virtual group training program with us as your coaches, allowing you to build your best cycling-based fitness possible to prepare you for your next riding season. We also offer downloadable training plans for base building, cycling-specific strength training, and specialized race preparation for road, gravel, mountain bike racing, and everything in between. Consider our training plan subscription service, where you gain access to all of our training plans for as little as $20 per month. This allows you to easily switch between plans to create your most complete annual training progression. Regardless of the type of cyclist you are, by becoming a part of the weight endurance training community, you're allowing us to help you become a fitter and faster cyclist.